0: Welcome to Women Who Code Career Nav Podcast. Say, apply, apply, apply. You only need one acceptance. And once you have your foot in, in the door to get into the tech industry, you're absolutely fine. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. These talks will include both career advice as well as a look at the industry itself and its practices. Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Um, I'm Penny Guerra, and I am a pharma consultant turned software engineer, women in tech and proud brown girl. And this is my story from pharma consulting to software engineering. Breaking barriers as a brown girl in tech. So let's get into it. So if we start at the beginning, way back when in school, I had never heard of computer science or coding. These weren't options at school and I'd never studied it. I loved maths and science. So I picked those subjects for A-levels, which is like 16 to 18 years old here in the UK. And I, I, I just really enjoyed it. So when I was looking at what I wanted to study at university, I just sort of went with those subjects again and I chose biochemistry. Um, I didn't really look to the future. So I know a lot of people will say, choose medicine and think, okay, I want to become a doctor. I just chose biochemistry because I love science and maths and I didn't sort of think what I was going to do with it. Um, Maybe not the greatest uh, career strategy or advice out there, but that's what I did. Um, After three years, once I had graduated, I then thought, okay, I should probably get a job. So I was looking around and I was job hunting, basically looking for anything that required a STEM degree or a science degree. And I landed a role as an account executive at a medical communications agency. So for those of you that don't know and are thinking, well, what does that mean? Um, I basically helped big pharma companies develop and execute their sales and marketing strategy. So day to day, that involved a lot of talking to clients, building relationships, content creation. So if you ever went to the doctor's office and they gave you a patient leaflet, I probably may have had something to do with that potentially. Um, So yeah, it was a very fun role, uh, a perfect blend of sort of science and creativity. But for me, I always felt that there was something more I could do. I, you know, I I felt that it was a very linear career path. So I could see almost my life playing out before my eyes. So working my way up from an account executive to account manager and then all the way up to account director by the time I was 30 and I sort of thought when I get to there then what will I do um for me I'm someone that always needs to be doing something new I like a lot of variety so I was thinking okay well you know I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now but you know, I, I think I need more. So I was sort of looking into it, what else could I do? And the idea to go into tech, actually I have to give my dad a little bit of credit for this. Um, so I was speaking to him and I I was thinking, you know, what shall I do? I enjoy what I'm doing now, but I want something more. And he works in the tech industry here in Cambridge in the UK. So for those of you that don't know Cambridge is a massive hub for biotech. So he said to me um I think that you should learn to code because if you learn to code you could play a really pivotal role as an engineer that understands the science behind the products. You know if you go into biotech you could bridge the gap between the engineers and the scientists and you know, that's something, that's a role that doesn't exist as of yet. Either you're a software engineer and traditionally you haven't done science then you know, since school. So he said, you know, that that's, there's nobody doing this right now. And I sort of looked at him and was like, this is the greatest thing you've ever said. This is amazing. Like it's so unconventional, unique, out of the box. And I was like I love it that's what I'm going to do sorted. <laughs> so um after that day I started you know looking at how I could make this sort of career path that didn't exist you know be possible. Around this time in the UK there were a couple of universities that were releasing this new masters course. So it's a masters in computer science but a flexible one and with a twist because it was also one that didn't require you to already have a bachelor's in computer science which is quite strange because usually if you're studying a master's in something you usually have to have a bachelor's in it. So it was quite new um, but I thought I'll do it. I applied and I got in and that was that I studied on that course for two years or so. So I was working in pharma by day, you know, helping my clients. And then by night I was sort of coding away doing this course. So, you know, fast forward two years and also a global pandemic later, um, I then graduated again and I was ready to sort of make that switch into the tech industry. So from there, I was definitely targeting biotech um, just considering because I'm Cambridge based and it's what I really had an interest in. And I soon gained some interest from a biotech company that were making medical instruments for cell therapy and diagnostic purposes. So they had a software engineer vacancy and they wanted someone that could design i guess the user interface of their software that is primarily aimed at you know scientists so the users would be scientists so the idea was that i could come in because i'm a developer i could rapidly code up these you know solutions and new software features for their users and because i'm also a scientist you know the idea was that i could design these features with you know, with that in mind, for for something that a scientist would really appreciate or want, so it's that's perfect sort of blend of my science background and then also my programming skills that I'd got on the course as well. So uh, I, I don't think I could have asked for sort of a better match to my experience, and I really enjoyed that because I started to see the value I could bring in in that. I didn't feel that my previous time was wasted in any way it was it was like it was all adding up to this sort of role you know the degree in biochemistry the you know client liaison and people skills that I'd learned and the creativity and design element from my marketing job it, it you know all all that experience was transferable and because it was a startup I was working at as well I got to explore other areas of software. So it's very hands on. You could just sort of go wherever. So I did a lot of work on software quality. So medical devices are heavily regulated. There's a lot that goes into that, you know, if it's getting approved by the FDA and things. So I learned a lot about that, which was super interesting. And I also did quite a bit of work on embedded software. So what that means is that's very low-level engineering. So writing code for physical components, so say a motor or a sensor. So writing low-level code to control those components. And I really loved that. I started asking for more and more tasks on the embedded software. I was like, I'd love to do this. Um, You know, playing around with the actual physical hardware was a lot of fun. So... I, I did a few courses as well on embedded software. I was like, I really want to learn more. Um, uh, I'm enjoying this a lot. And after those courses as well, I thought let's make the switch and you know, let's do embedded software full time. So I started looking around and then I landed a role at a, an, another startup actually that were doing... Bluetooth essentially for audio and IOT applications. So, and actually that's currently what I do now, that's my current role. And what this means is you're probably wondering again, um, Bluetooth is in everything from, you know, your TV to your fridge to even treadmills. Um, So essentially what I do is I write embedded C code that goes on these small modules And these modules can go in any sort of device to help with that Bluetooth connectivity. So say one of our modules could go in a treadmill or a TV or something like that. And this role is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. I, I get to play around with little pieces of hardware and, you know, essentially program those and flash code to the boards. And it's, it's super fun. So essentially what my life is like now is a lot of embedded development, working with boards and hardware. And yeah, it's very hands on as it's another startup. So I'm absolutely loving it. So that has been my journey into the tech industry. It's sort of been a little bit all over the place, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I've absolutely loved it from studying science at university to You know, then going into marketing and sales, then programming and going back to university to doing front end development for a startup, a biotech one, and then sort of making that shift into embedded software. It's sort of been a very squiggly journey. But as I say, I've loved it. But I would say it's also not come without its challenges. So for anyone listening, that's maybe wanting to transition into tech or, you know, wants to learn a little bit more about what it's like, I always want to keep it real. So here, I guess I'm going to discuss some of the challenges that I came across and how I dealt with it. And, you know, how I kept going and found my way in the tech industry. So the first thing I would say was a challenge was actually making that switch into tech. So maybe a little naively, I didn't expect it to be as hard as it was. I sort of thought, okay, I've got a bachelor's in biochemistry and a master's in computer science. So, you know, a software engineering role at a biotech company would very much fit with that experience. But there's definitely a lot of stigma around career switches. It is easing up a bit now. But at the time, a couple of years ago, it was definitely seen as a negative, which, yeah, I didn't really expect. So if you are looking to switch career, I would definitely sort of look into why you're switching career and have that answer at the forefront of your mind, because it's definitely a question you'll be asked. Um, And yeah, it's definitely a massive sticking point in terms of CV filtering as well there is definitely a tick box exercise where you require a bachelor's in computer science. And unfortunately um, I know it's not fair, but your CV does get sort of filtered out sometimes, but I would say apply, apply, apply. You only need one acceptance. And once you have your foot in, in the door to get into the tech industry, you're absolutely fine. So It'll be tough, but just, just keep going and also really lean on the experience that you bring. So for me, having worked in a whole other industry um, in sales and marketing, I really leaned on the skills that I'd brought from there. So my science knowledge. I really understood the product they were making and the impact they would have. So for me, that was definitely a positive. So, so many transferable skills that you can really highlight from your previous career or industry that you're in. So I would say the second challenge that I faced was also the landscape of the tech industry. So again, there's a running theme, maybe a little naively. I didn't realize how male dominated it was. So I think if you come from a traditional background, having a bachelor's in computer science, you can sort of look around your lecture hall and sort of see, okay, I'm one woman of five in on a course of, you know, say 200 people. But because I had that unconventional route in that I was working and doing my master's, I, I never really had that moment where I realized it was only until I got my first role in tech. So, you know, uh, in my previous industry as well, it was pretty 50/50 so it wasn't something that ever crossed my mind and yeah you sort of join and you're like oh um this is not what i expected you sort of look around and then there's no one that looks like you um and i think for me i struggled a little bit because there's not someone that can relate to you as a woman in tech so very underrepresented minority and then as a person of color and then also as a career switcher as well it's like sort of a very underrepresented, very niche minority that I fall into. Um, So that did make it a lot more difficult. And I think when you don't fit that mold, um, you can can feel sort of lonely, like how did I get here type thing. But what I would say is it's not all doom and gloom. (laughs) Um, Definitely I would say one thing that has helped me is attending Women in Tech, events hackathons things like that where you get to really meet other women in tech so because i'd worked in two startups i had i still have yet to work with another female developer but going to these events you meet so many different people they can relate to your experiences they can give you advice if they're more senior and it just makes you feel a little less lonely and um, also for me, I thought I was <laughs> a little bit special. There is also a whole community of career switches out there as well. There's there's so many. So your community and your people are out there. You just have to look. So if you can't find it internally at your company, I would say definitely go online and have a look because they're there. You just need to find them. Um, In terms of community as well, I would just say that there are some amazing communities out there. So um, obviously, I have to start with Women Who Code. If you're here, then (laughs) you need no introduction if you're listening to this podcast. Um, But I think what you do is amazing, you know, with the Applaud Hair campaign and this podcast, really elevating the stories of women in tech, you know, hearing about their experiences really does inspire you to, you know, keep going. If, a career in tech is what you're wanting to do. And it's something I'd wish I had looked into or had when I was making that transition. Um, some other amazing communities that I do want to mention are Girl Code. So they are international, they are a community of women in tech and I actually work with them as an ambassador and they do you know events hackathons networking and there's a whole community on their website where you can talk to other people about your experiences and it's it's really good I also would mention She Can Code so they also have a similar podcast they do women in tech news you know similar sort of vibe to here, highlighting and elevating other women in tech and specifically in the uk there is next tech girls as well so this is more aimed at starting at the bottom so changing you know changing the way we you know teach girls at school and give them an idea that tech is something that they can go into so Next Tech Girls organizes work experience for young girls at school to give them an idea of the tech industry. And they also do workshops and stuff. So I work with them as a role model. So that means I speak to girls at school about my career and how I got into tech in the hopes to inspire them. But we've actually made a really lovely community of role models of, you know, all of us women working in tech as well. So that's definitely one to mention, but that's here in the UK only unfortunately. So one last challenge um, I do want to mention is unconscious bias. I think when you don't fit that mold of what a you know software engineer or someone in tech should look like, it definitely does make things harder. So I think if you asked maybe someone at school or, you know, just anyone, what does someone in tech look like? They'd probably describe to you maybe a male, quite introverted. You know, you have that sort of image, you know, hacking away in or coding in a basement, which is that's a very extreme um, sort of image or stereotype is the right word. But I think when you don't fit that sort of mold of what, what someone in tech or what a software engineer should look like, it makes it difficult. So for me, I'm quite chatty and bubbly. I love to wear colorful clothes and things like that. So it does make people sometimes doubt your intelligence and you can get questioned probably a lot more than someone that does fit the mold. But I would say, you know, it can be difficult. There's this sort of old boys network, especially in terms of recruitment. Sometimes it can be as well where companies hire for culture fit rather than culture ad. And um, yeah, if you don't conform to those sort of interests or that personality type, you know, it it can be difficult. But I would say for every company that does have their hiring processes like that, there's so many other amazing companies that actually make an active effort in the DEI initiatives and You know, looking at creating a more diverse place in in tech and not only because, you know, it's diverse teams are infinitely better, but, you know, really making that commitment to the tech community as well. So doing things like school outreach and, you know, appointing a DEI specialist or expert and really trying to make the hiring process fair. There's so many amazing companies out there. So I would say... You just have to know where to look. If there's a company that may be excluding you for this sort of unconscious bias or something like that, I'd say that's probably somewhere that you don't want to work anyway. So yeah, just just keep going. There's so many amazing companies out there. You just have to find one. So that's all I would say. So to round it off, I would say working in tech is amazing. I hope the last (laughs) sort of five, 10 minutes or so haven't put you off, but I just hope that I can keep it real and that I just wanted to highlight some of the challenges that I face just so maybe it can help you. Maybe you're experiencing it right now and you're looking for a way around it. So I hope that it's helped, but I just want to reiterate, tech is definitely a fun space to be. There's never a dull day. You'll never be bored. And there's always something new and exciting to work on. So I would, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And I think if you take anything away from this episode, it would be that you can do it. Just keep going. You know, I I got here all the way from, you know, doing a biochemistry degree and being a pharma consultant. So there's no right or wrong way into the tech industry, whether it's a boot camp, a master's, a degree apprenticeship, or anything like that. So don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You can do it. I also, Think that humans are so multifaceted as well. I wouldn't set on one career. You know, I've always wondered why, sort of, at eighteen, people go to you and are like, "Okay, so what do you want to do for the rest of your life?" I don't think you need an answer to that. So it's never too late to pivot into tech, whether you're in your twenties or your forties or something like that. It's it's never too late. I think it's definitely a challenge switching into tech. It is hard, I won't lie, but it is definitely so, so worth it. So I would definitely recommend it. And I think I want to leave you with a quote. I'm not sure whose quote it is. So, (laughs) well, if, if somebody knows, you can let me know. But those who think they can and those who think they can't are both usually right. So with that in mind, choose wisely. Thanks thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website at www.womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on all socials at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel, Women Who Code, with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Thanks again for listening and remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.